Still didn't work. Oh, okay, there it is. Had to give it a second. Uh, just in case you, uh, you you haven't gathered yet or I haven't seen you to tell you, um, it, you know, I do have a cold. Uh, you know, so if I did not come by and shake your hand, it's because I really don't want you to have it. Uh, I have been battling this thing for about four or five days and, uh, you know, uh, it's not going to get me. I'm going to win. I will defeat this uh, one way or the other, uh, you know, but uh, that's why, uh, you know, so I apologize for not shaking your hand today, uh, you know, so uh, please uh, forgive me for that. Yeah, y'all say thank you for not shaking your hand. I figure there's enough people that that's out sick. I didn't really want to spread it anymore. So um, today is, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, Veterans Day, uh, you know, and the more, I guess the older my father gets, the more that Veterans Day actually begins to mean something, uh, you know, it means a little bit different to me, uh, you know, things to me, because Whenever I was growing up, my father didn't talk about his service time. Um, and of course, the older now that he's getting, the more information that he is beginning to kind of give us kids as far as what he actually did, uh, you know, in, uh, you know uh, in the services. He was a mechanic. Um, and I think I've told you all this, but if not, here it is again. He was a mechanic on the tanks. Uh, you know, so he was sent out to the front lines and he would crawl up underneath the tanks. He would get the tanks working again and then they would roll off and they would leave him there. And he was supposed to lay there still as if he was dead until the convoy came behind them and picked him up. Uh, you know, so it could be two, three hours, four hours before anybody would come by, uh, you know, to pick him up. So that was his job. Uh, now, he did not like boot camp. Uh, you know, he went through boot camp in the uh, bayous of Louisiana, uh, and it was during the summertime as well. So, of course, he didn't like that, uh, you know, and he's from there, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, but just simply veterans and what veterans have given up for us. Uh, you know, you realize, uh, you know, it was on the 11th hour of the 11th month, or I'm sorry, uh, it was on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918, whenever uh, you know, um, a ceasefire was temporarily formed in between the uh, Allied nations in Germany in World War I. And this began, or this is the process that we now have, uh, you know, that was Armist Day. Uh, that was back in November of 1938, whenever that was set up. Uh, you know, but in 1954, it was changed to Veterans Day. And even to today, you know, today, whenever you look at your calendars, your calendars will show you that it's Veterans Day or Remembrance Day. Uh, you know, so Veterans Day and Remembrance Day, what it is, is, is that we are remembering the veterans, the ones that have served to protect us and to give us our freedom. So, yes, this morning, uh, you know, I say thank you to each one, uh, you know, that has, uh, you know, served in our military, uh, you know, in our armed forces, uh, you know, and for the time that you have served, thank you. Because we would not have our freedoms that we have today if it was not for that. Uh, you know, we actually have two people that have signed up. Uh, you know, uh, Chase, you were in the um, Air Reserve. You're in National Guards. Okay. 
right, so Chase is in National Guards. He goes on his weekend maneuvers and stuff next weekend, and then he goes off for two months, uh, you know, doing some more training and stuff, uh, you know. So, uh, you know, we have people today that are still serving and, uh, you know, making sure that we are protected, uh, you know. Uh, and if it wasn't for their protection, we wouldn't have a lot of the rights, uh, you know, that we have, uh, you know, like I've said. Uh, you know, so I thank you so much. Uh, you know, for, uh, you know, for that sacrifice. Uh, you know, but whenever we think about, uh, you know, the sacrifice, uh, you know, not only did they give up and they did they sacrifice their time and they sacrificed their service, some of them actually sacrificed their life, uh, you know, for this. And, of course, we can't, uh, you know, forget and deal with, uh, you know, the sacrifices as far as, uh, you know, the thought process or the different sacrifices and stuff that God's people made. Or even that God made in sending His Son, Jesus Christ, uh, you know, to this earth. Uh, you know, we have this day that is set aside for us that we remember these things. Uh, we have Memorial Day where we remember the ones that we lost, uh, you know, in battle and in service. Uh, you know, we as the church and as Christians, uh, we have something that we do to remember the one that gave the ultimate sacrifice in Jesus Christ that ultimately sacrificed his life so that we would be able to have a right relationship with God our Father, so that we would be able to spend time or spend eternity with him in heaven. Uh, you know, we have things that we set aside and that we do, but uh, there's some things whenever we look into Scripture that kind of props this and, and kind of gets us going. So let's prime the pump as far as in remembering what God has done for us in Joshua chapter 4, verses 23, or verses 2 and 3. We find these words, and it says, Choose twelve men. From each one from each tribe. One from each tribe, tell them, take twelve stones from every place where the from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So we know this is the place where the Israelites, you know, went across the Jordan River, uh, you know, into, uh, you know, their battle. Uh, and Joshua, God tells Joshua that you are supposed to have one man from each tribe that is supposed to go and get these rocks. And they are supposed to pile them up where you were supposed to camp at. They are supposed to be your Ebenezer. Uh, and Ebenezer is a reminder, uh, you know, so they set up an Ebenezer to remind them of God's hand being with them as they crossed the Jordan River. There are a lot of things in our lives that we need to remember, right? Uh, you know, how many of you remember the date that you were saved, that the date that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? How many of you remember that date? Good. 
How many of you remember the date of the day that you were sanctified, that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and He turned over everything to Him? You remember that date? You remember that it happened, right? I, you know, there's a lot of hands not going up. I'm, I'm like, you do remember that did happen, right? Uh, you know, these are times and these are things in our lives that, uh, you know, God says that you need to remember these things. Because there are going to be things that's going to happen in your lives that you're going to need to fall back on these things to encourage you. We just went through Pastor's Appreciation Sunday and a Pastor's Appreciation Month. And I really appreciate all the things and all the gifts. But you know, the cards really mean more to me than anything else. I have been in ministry and this is my seventh pastor's appreciation that I've had the opportunity to go through. And I still have every card from every person that was given to me on pastor's appreciation day. And periodically throughout the year, I will go back to that drawer, I will go to that pile, and I will look and I will read those cards. Because Satan will fight us and there will be battles that we go through that we have to have encouragement. God told the Israelites, you need to stack these up so that you can remember what I have done for you. I, I think it's interesting because we can actually go into Judges chapter 3, and I know I'm skipping one, but in Judges chapter 3, verses 12 through 20, there's this story that happens in here that I really love. Uh, you know, there's some things in here that's really kind of grotesque, uh, you know, so I really like those, so I'm going to make sure that I let you know what these things are, okay? But this is the story about the king Ichabog, okay? And, uh, you know, the uh, judge, uh, you know, that we have that is uh, Ephra, I believe is the way that it's pronounced, uh, you know, so we have this, and I want you to kind of understand this because they were now in captivity by this king. And they are going, and his, him and this group of guys are going to pay tribute to him. So they're going to give their tithes and their offerings to this king. And they get in there, and they give him his tithes and his offerings, and they kind of worship him a little bit. You know, they kind of lavish him and say, oh, you're this great and mighty king. Oh, we thank you. Uh, this is Pastor John Sadler's interpretation of what went on. Uh, you know, so then they, they do all this, and then he leaves, and it says that they kind of separate. So we kind of get this picture, uh, you know, that, that the group of people kind of separate. Uh, you know, and then you have one that goes, and it says that he walked to this place that had stone idols that was there. Uh, you know, and I was really kind of disappointed whenever I got there and I read this. Uh, you know, because I thought that it was the same stones that was in the valley of the Jordan, uh, you know, that was set up from the Israelites whenever they crossed over into this and they were encamped there, that I was going to be able to tell you that he walked past this pile of stones and he remembered what God had done for them. And by in remembering what God had done for them, he then turns around and he goes back and he kills the king. Now, he had already prepared for this because he had a dagger that was strapped to his right thigh. Now, it's interesting. It was his right thigh. It would be over here. His right thigh. He was a left-handed man. 
so it was on his right thigh so that he would be able to get to it. Uh, you know, and he kills this king. He kills this king in the bathroom. The king is so fat that this one foot dagger disappears within his flesh or in his stomach. And he leaves it there. And it says that his bowels released everything. You like that gore? You like all of that? But all of this happened because he crossed in front of some stones that reminded him of what God had done for them. Now, whenever you read the passage of Scripture, if you're reading it in the NLT, it says it's stone idols. So we can look at this and we can say, okay, he came across a place where people were worshiping false gods and it hit him and reminded him what God Almighty had done and that God Almighty had already set him up and said, this is what I need for you to do. So it gives him the strength to be able to go back and accomplish what God wants him to do. Or you can say in hope, like I would hope, uh, you know, that he actually crossed paths of the stones that was piled up by the Israelites, and God said, See, you remember what I did for you. Whichever way you want to look at it. He got strength from those stone idols. He got courage to be able to go back and to do what God has actually asked him to do. Now let's look and let's think about it in our lives. I'm really sorry. Because there are good things that happens in our lives that God wants us to mark down and wants us to think about and wants us to remember. But you know what? There's bad things that happens in our lives that he does not want us to forget. Because sometimes we do things wrong. And he says, oh, 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 wait a minute, you've got to learn from this. And if you can't learn from your past, you're always going to stumble on the same thing. Uh, you know, we have people, and I, I've tried to stay away from this, but we have people today that are wanting to go back and they're wanting to take down the Civil War monuments and stuff that's been lifted up because of things that we have learned throughout history that some of the things that these people did were really not good. But some of the things that they did were really good. We can't tear them down and forget about them. God still wants us to remember the bad things that we do as well as the good things. We need to learn from the bad things so that we don't do them again. If all that we do is simply get rid of all the bad things that we've ever done, then we're wound to stumble back on them again and not remember that we've done this before. God wants to use those things to help us to move forward. I have an uncle that uh, he drives an 18-wheeler for, for a living. And uh, he met me in Kansas whenever I was out there in college. And he, he picked me up for a holiday. Now, I'm really not too proud about this. But uh, you know, whenever I got into the truck, he handed me a, a jug. And, of course, I asked what was in the jug. And he said, John, he said, it's a white Russian. 
Do any of y'all know what a white Russian is? It's not a person. Of course, because it's in a jug. It was white milk and rum. And I sat in that big truck. And I drank that gallon. And I thought I was a Russian. By the time I got to the end of it. But the thing about it is, is later on in his life and in my life, after we got things right with God, he came to me and he said, John, he said, you remember that trip? I'm like, yes, I, I remember that trip. He said, I need to apologize for that and I need to ask for forgiveness. And see, that is a day that my uncle, he says, John, your failures have to become, or your failures are stumbling blocks, unless you use them to jump over the next problem. Your stumbling blocks can catapult you over the next problem if you allow them to. By acknowledging the problem, we can learn from it. We have to continue to grow and to use all of this stuff in this growth process. But in this growth process, we have to trust God. We have to trust God in everything that we do. Now, military. So the people that are in military or have served in military, let me ask you this question here. What is the key thing that you have to do in military? You have to trust your superior officers. Right? A lot of times they ask us and, we, and they ask to do something that if we wouldn't trust them that we would question on whether or not I should do this. And if you question on whether or not you should do this, what's most probably going to happen? You're going to die. Because you begin to question the leadership. As Christians, we cannot question our ultimate leader. We have to trust in God Almighty explicitly. We have to trust that regardless of what he has for us to do, that that is the right thing that needs to happen. We have to trust that he knows what is best for us. We have to be able to trust regardless of what it looks like that he has everything in his hands. Regardless of how this world looks. Regardless of the struggles that we go through, we have to trust in God Almighty. We have to recognize Him for who He truly is. After all, that's exactly what Jesus Christ did, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of things that we can take and we can say that, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, you know, He... He went to the cross because he loved us. Yes, he did. 
He went to the cross because that's what was planned for him. Yes, it was. He went to the cross because, uh, you know, he had to die that sacrificial death to be our Messiah. Yes. But ultimately, he died on the cross because he trusted his father. Because he trusted that his father knew what needed to happen. Therefore, he gave up his life in that trust. So we trust God. So today, in trusting God, we need to remember what he's done for us. We need to remember the things that he has brought us through. So that date when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's important. Because as the battle rages, we need to fall back on that. As Wayne tells the prisoners, as Satan comes to you in that moment in time that says that those words that you just prayed, they didn't really mean anything, and you're not saved, you've got the date. Right here. On that day of sanctification, whenever you turned over your life completely to God, and Satan throws up your past and your life, and you say, whoa, wait a minute. On this day, everything was given up. It's no longer me, but Jesus Christ that's living in me. That past has nothing to do with today. Because of what Jesus Christ has done. That moment in time whenever you got into an 18-wheeler. And you drank a whole lot of something that you weren't supposed to drink. You need to remember that day. As you grow in this life. You need to remember that day. Because of the struggles that you're going to face. I've made it through this. I'm no longer here, but I'm here. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 22, verses 19 through 20, which is the Lord's Supper, he says, Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 28, he says it again. Do this in remembrance of me. But he says, do what in remembrance of me? Partake of this meal. And he begins and he goes and he talks about his flesh. And he says, this flesh, it's broken for you. Now I want us to to think, and I hope and I pray to God that it's the medication that's making this to where I don't feel it's really flowing, so I'm going to help you with this one here, okay? Because yes, we deal with the memorization and we have the Ebenezers that God has placed and that we need to have in our lives. Uh, you know, and we need to remember Jesus Christ and what he has done for us in that sacrificial day, in that moment in time whenever he gave up his life on the cross. 
But we also need to go back. I need us to go back because there's some things that Jesus talks about in John chapter 6 that I really want us to grab a hold to. You go to John chapter 6 and you go to the very first beginning of John chapter 6. And it tells us and he talks to us about the feeding of the 5,000. Now we know that this is the feeding of the 5,000 men, and there's most probably more than that because there's women and children that's involved in it. But right now, let's just simply deal with the fact that he fed 5,000 men, uh, you know, because the verse in the chapter that comes immediately following that is Jesus walking on the water. And you remember Jesus walks on the water and then he gets in the boat and he calms the storm that's raging with the, you know, the disciples. And then they show up at the appointed place where they're supposed to be on the other side. Meanwhile, the men that were the people that were with him on the other side, they have gotten up and they have realized that he is no longer there. So now they're going to search out Jesus and they're going to go hunting for Jesus. And they find Jesus over on the other side of the lake. And Jesus is now there on the other side of the lake and he begins to teach. Somewhere around 85 to 90% of the people that Jesus is teaching on this side of the lake are the same people that he fed as far as part of the 5,000 that was on the other side of the lake. The people that he is now teaching and talking to on this side of the lake, they do not know anything about Jesus walking on the water, Peter walking on the water. They don't know anything about getting in the boat and about calming the storm. They don't know anything about that. And he jumps in and immediately begins to talk to them about the fact that they have, you know, about he is the bread of life. You got to picture this because now he is going and he has talked to them and he is fed them and now he's fed them bread and now he is saying I am the bread of life this is the first of seven I am statements in the gospel of John he says I am the bread of life now there's something that we see here and yes I'm getting excited there's something that we got to see here because whenever we match these two together we also have to look into the mindset and the thought process as far as who he was speaking to Because the bread from heaven was what? The bread from heaven was manna. That's what they interpreted. Whenever Jesus said that I'm the bread from heaven, they're like, no, 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 wait a minute. You're not manna because Moses gave us manna whenever we were wandering around in the the desert. Now notice they say Moses gave them manna, not God gave them manna. So Jesus is trying to get them to understand and to see that God himself has sent Jesus Christ to the earth so that he could be the bread of life for everyone, for all. Uh, you know, it is for anyone. Jesus Christ is for anyone that will accept him. So do you get that? The bread, the manna that was given to the Israelites, that was just for the Israelites and just for the ones that was there encamped with them. So some of their slaves and some of the people that they brought from, Is, you know, from Egypt, they were in there as well. So they were able to partake of that. But the bread of life, Jesus Christ, that he is now talking about and trying to get them to understand that he is from heaven and he is the bread of life uh, you know, that God has sent. And if you eat of me, you will do what? You won't hunger anymore. And you won't hunger anymore. Why? Because Jesus Christ is always going to be there with us. 
He will always be there. Anytime we need anything, Jesus Christ will be there to provide it for us. Whew. I got to slow down a minute. So Jesus is the bread of life. We've talked about this. We need to remember things in our lives, these important dates. We need to remember what Jesus Christ did for us in his sacrifice. Uh, But we need to remember that he is the bread of life, that he's the one that came from heaven for us so that he can save us from our sins. And what do we get from this bread of life? We get Jesus Christ in us. We partake of this. And whenever we get Jesus Christ in our lives, then we have what? I'll give it to you. We have salvation. We have everlasting life. We have forgiveness. We have love that abounds all knows. We have peace that passes all understanding. We have a strength that none of us can understand. We have wisdom that we never had before. We have God Almighty living within us because we have partaken of the bread of life because Jesus Christ is within us. Whew! Man, that is worth shouting over. Wow, it's the bread of life. Jesus is teaching them. He says, I'm going to feed you over here. And the next time that I see you, I'm now going to talk to you about this bread of life. I fed you. Now I'm going to give you this bread of life. I'm going to give you something that you will never want any more of. And then in his last dying thing, whenever we come to this, His last supper that he has, what does he do? He partakes the bread. He breaks the bread. He says, this is my body that is broken for you. And then he takes the cup and he blesses the cup and he says, this is the new covenant that is in between you and I because I am the bread of life. I am the only one that can accomplish these things in your life. And I give it all up to you freely. Wow. I'm about done with this bottle of water. I'm about done with this message. Oh, man. Can you match these things together or do I have to go back and draw you the lines? See, the days and stuff that we remember in our lives are the days that we are able to partake of this bread of life. It is set before us every single day. He is right there with us every single day. But every single day we have to choose to partake of it. We have to choose to remember what he has done for us. We have to choose to remember who we are and whose we are every single day. So on Veterans Day, Remembrance Day, yes, we sing some songs and, uh, you know, we say thank you for the ones that have served in military. But you know what? We should do it every single day. 
Because they don't do it just simply once a day. They do it every single day. Jesus doesn't just give us his daily bread once a day. It's there every day. It's there every time we need it. He says you won't hunger for it anymore. He says later on in John, he says, I'm water, I'm the living water. Uh, if you come to me, you'll never thirst again. Because he provides everything for us. It's right there. All we have to do is partake of it. That is it. But we have to remember what he's done for us. See, he died on the cross. He came from heaven. So that we would be able to have a right relationship with God our Father. So that we would be able to receive forgiveness of our sins. So those bad things that we've done, that we would be able to be forgiven for those. So that we'd be able to grow from there. We have to remember those things. He truly has things for us. He says, if you do this, you'll never be hungry again. Because it's always right there in front of us. All we have to do is partake of it. That's all we have to do. As Robbie comes and begins to play, as the ushers come and they come forward to pass out the sacraments of this, I, I don't know where you are. But see, Jesus is right here. He says, if there's a need that you have, come to me. And I'll give it to you. If you're hungry, and you need a spiritual touch this morning, he's right here. If you're hungry... You need a physical touch. He's right here. He is everything that you need. If there's a worry about tomorrow, he's right here. If there's a worry about next week, next month, he's right here. All we have to do is partake. Partake of the living bread. Partake of Jesus Christ because He has it right here for us. We'll never hunger and we'll never thirst again. Let's stand. The ushers are going to come by with the sacraments, and I ask that you would take them and hold them. And we will take it all together at the same time. So receive the sacraments and then hold them, and we'll take of it all together at the same time.
everyone has received the sacraments. In Luke 22, verse 19, it says, And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this. God, we thank you that we have the privilege to be able to partake of this. God, we pray that you would bless this to our bodies. And then partake. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the new covenant. This is my blood, which is poured out for you. We do this in remembrance of the ultimate sacrifice today. But we do this in remembrance to remember that He is the bread of life and that if we partake of Him, we'll never hunger. He will always provide for us because He is always there. All we have to do is just partake of it. Amen. Let's bow our heads for dismissal. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. God, as we do this in remembrance of you, I pray that your face would shine upon us and that your blessings from heaven would be poured out upon each one that is here. In Jesus' name, amen.